2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
3: You
4: are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. There won't be any East Coast bias when it comes to the Final Four. Gonzaga, UCLA, Baylor, Houston. First time in NCAA history. Four schools west of the Mississippi will compete for the national title. 11th seeded UCLA, is the only team in the Final Four to have won a national title. They've won 11 of those. We'll dissect this. Uh, UCLA's head coach, Mick Cronin, will join us coming up a little bit later on in the show. Mike Florio will try to untangle what's going on with Deshaun Watson and the latest accusations. The number, you know, it's a lot of uh, lawsuits when you've run, you don't remember how many lawsuits it's been. I think it's now 21 Uh, lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. But Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk will help us decipher what is happening and what he expects to happen. Uh, Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst will join us. Did anything change yesterday with Justin Fields and Mac Jones' pro days? We're told not to read too much into it, and it feels like everybody is reading too much into it. Maybe more than they should, but... We'll decipher that uh, coming up as well. Your phone calls are welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. I'm looking at our bracket challenge, the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. John Daly is leading comfortably. Seton O'Connor and Jim Parsons are second. Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight. He's third on the list. Uh, Todd Fritz, Mr. Conservative. Captain Obvious is fourth, tied with D.C., the Brain Supreme. McLovin is fifth on the list here. So the Dan Patrick show is well-represented. You have to go down to ninth to find Dan Patrick. Paulie Paps making a late push. He's tied for 11th there, but uh, it's interesting. Interesting there. Seton O'Connor, if Michigan had gone and won last night, he would have had, Would you've had all four in the final four? Yeah, all four. Look at you. Look at you, Mr. College Band. Who needs Jay Billis? Yeah, I mean, you got me. Right? Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. Break it down. Yeah, Paul. Elon Musk tied for 22nd. No, Elon <laughs> Musk is not
4: in the celebrity bracket challenge. Oh. <laughs> Why isn't he, Todd? Are we asked.
6: The reach that. Out no, to I, Elon?
7: I, I I left him off the list. Okay.
4: Uh, this program brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. If you have 30 free minutes, you never have to worry about a break in at your home ever again. This is how quick it is to set up the security system with Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedan.com today. Customize your system. Free security camera. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that coming up. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock and those listening on our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 200 cities. Gonzaga is going to have to buck the trend to become the first undefeated NCAA champ since Indiana in 1976. But so far, the Bulldogs have lived up to the hype and then some. Last night, they put on a clinic against USC, advancing to the Final Four. And there's so many things that they do right. First of all, they're unselfish. They move without the ball. They move the ball. They play defense. Like, these are just normal things that you would expect out of a great team. But you don't always get those. You know, when you start to check the boxes, not everybody does this. You see what Gonzaga does. And if you're old enough to remember Pete Carrill at Princeton, He had this motion offense. They they were usually undersized, um, outmanned when they would face better teams. But Pete Carrill was really a, a brilliant tactician. And it's movement, constantly moving, backdoor cuts. But you do that, and you have all of this talent. Princeton had to do that out of necessity. And they nearly upset Georgetown in the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga has a ton of talent. May have the number one pick in the draft. Um, You know, they're they're not a mid-major. They get talent. They get big names. And they should be viewed that way. But, you know, I think that we used to look at them as that school, the small school, well-coached. But this is supposed to be their coronation here. This has been a long time in the making with what, what Mark Few has done. You know, Butler nearly did this twice. Brad Stevens then moved on. Mark Few didn't leave. And there are a couple of times I remember interviewing him on the show in the last 20 years where, hey, you're up for that job. I thought he was going to take the UCLA job many, many years ago. But he stayed. And he's reaping the benefits of that. The last time to enter the tournament out without a loss, that was Kentucky back in 2015. That team had Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker. They didn't win the title. Lost to Frank Kaminsky and the Badgers in the Final Four. Uh, The year before, it was Fred Van Vliet and Wichita State. They came in undefeated. They fell to Kentucky. Before that, you have to go back to the 1991 UNLV team, who famously lost to Duke. But Gonzaga doesn't seem burdened by history. That's a confident team. They look poised to chase perfection next week in Indianapolis. And if you're wondering about the matchups on Saturday, it'll be Houston and Baylor, the battle for Texas. That's at 5 Eastern, UCLA and the Zags at 8.30 On Saturday, Houston has only beaten double-digit seeds in the tournament. They haven't faced a team that is a single-seeded team yet. They will now with number one Baylor. But uh, we'll look at those matchups coming up. McLevin, you got a poll question for me?
7: Yeah, this is uh, super mean, but how do you feel about this Final Four? Meh? (laughs) I guess Gonzaga is interesting, or meh? Honestly, is anybody excited about this group? Wow. I'm sorry, I just have to say it. Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga, and the well, ghost
4: of UCLA? Yeah, but compared to what we had last year, which was nothing, like this, we should be grateful, thankful. It's like, you know, when we had the NBA in the bubble, and people said, oh, there's no fans, it's not the same. And I said, well, it's either you can have some basketball or not have basketball.
7: But you had LeBron in the bubble. That was awesome. This is Baylor-Houston.
4: When you're hungry... Do you go, mm, I don't know if I want to eat. If there's only one restaurant, do you go, mm, I don't know. I think I'd rather be hungry. <laughs> I This is this is history here. No, you may go, oh, I don't care about these teams. Or, They're not exciting teams. I do. But if Gonzaga has a chance to go undefeated, or you get a surprise, or if Baylor knocks them off. If UCLA continues this crazy madness, goes to the finals. I mean, that's the beauty of this. The storylines, it's so improbable that UCLA, UCLA has the play-in game. So you go from the first four to the final four. That's never happened. Michigan had a great storyline with Juwan Howard. But, you know, that's thats what we love about this. There's storylines that you would never think could emerge here. And they do. And then you fall in love with that storyline. It and it's... it's you know, you flirt with it. It's it's a, oh, I love that storyline, and it lasts two weeks, and then you move on, or it dies. But, you know, with Gonzaga, this has been start to finish. Now, nobody's surprised how great Gonzaga, they shouldn't be surprised how great Gonzaga is. Baylor, I think, if Baylor does go to the title game, Baylor might surprise some people at just how good they are, but Gonzaga has been on display, been talked about, and right, rightfully so. They are worthy of whatever praise they get. Now you're going to have people who are going to say, "Well, how would they have fared against this team? That team that won a national title. The Indiana team." You know, okay, I understand all of those things. We make these arguments, but that's what's fun about this. You can make your case. You know, how would they fare against a junior or senior laden Indiana team in the mid-70s? I have no idea. We can discuss. You know, would they have beaten Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in UCLA? We can discuss. I just enjoy what I see. It, this is really good basketball. It Yes, McClellan? This is objectively not good basketball. Gonzaga is
7: really good basketball. Right, they are. Yes. The other teams are defense teams. I mean,
4: UCLA-Michigan was objectively, by any measurement, not well-played basketball. No, it was not. No, and Michigan uh, crumbled there in the last two minutes. The last thirty seconds, why they're jacking up threes when you need a two? Get to the hoop. You need one. Get to the hoop. They didn't.
5: Yeah, pulling. That was a tough part at the end of the Michigan game. They they needed one and they didn't take it to the hole. And the other, I think they were in the bonus. You know, that's got to be frustrating. But do you guys like the style of men's basketball in college or pro better? I like college seems more old school. They shoot a lot of threes but it's not exclusively threes. I think the style's way better in college. Yeah.
4: Well, you have different styles, it feels like, yeah. in college. By the way, Fritzy just uh, corrected me. UCLA, the second team ever to go from first four to the final four. VCU was shock as smart back in 2011. Thank you, Todd, for keeping me straight there. Uh, what else do we have, McLevin? Uh, okay, uh, pro day question. All right. Again,
7: I'm going to go snarky. The most overrated NFL thing, okay. the preseason – the combine pro days or the pro bowl? Well, I don't think the pro bowl is rated. Right. (laughs) They're not overrated nobody likes it. You're right. (laughs) You,
4: you'd you'd probably surprise people if you said they're still doing it. So I can't say it's overrated. It's not rated.
7: Wait, that's a good question. Are they still doing it? I know there's 17 games, but I didn't hear about the fate of the pro bowl.
4: Remember for the last 10 years, we were supposed to invest in player safety. Like, it was up to us that we were supposed to care as fans and members of the media, player safety, CTE, all of those things that we did care about, we do care about, we were interested. And then all of a sudden, uh, the great elixir money. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about player safety anymore. If you don't care, they don't care, then why are we supposed to care? Everybody agreed on 17? 17? Everybody got more money, right? So don't tell me about player safety. Hopefully you improve the helmets, uh, what you're allowed to do with your helmet. But, but, But don't say it's your priority. Player safety is not your priority. It's about making money. It's always about making money. Yes, Todd.
2: One less preseason game, so they care a little bit about Oh, play.
7: that's <laughs> true. <laughs> now it's all equal.
4: Yes. Yes, McLovin.
7: Don't the starters barely play in the preseason now anyway? I felt like that was a false narrative by the NFL. It is
4: true. But they, uh, you know, we're going to get to 18 regular season games at some point. But nobody complained about 17. I think Alvin Kamara did. That's about it. He's got to play 16 games first. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, we got 17 games, and uh, everybody's like, yeah, great. Like, all we want is football. We don't invest in you as a person. You're just, you know, it's, it's all transferable. Like, that guy's out, now this guy comes in, that guy's out, this guy comes in, next guy up. That's how it works. Nobody's sitting here going, gosh, I hope Jim McMahon's doing well today. Nobody's doing that. These other players. Why they didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? That would make it safer, right? And, you know, this is apples and oranges. But NASCAR didn't have cars slow down. NASCAR has softer walls in a Hans device. They don't want to go 130. They, you know, they want you going at 200 miles an hour. So, do they make it safer? Yeah, but they still want you going really, really fast. But the NFL with 17 games, all right,
8: go ahead. <laughs> Full speed ahead. More fantasy, more gambling. Yeah, more money. Yes, Seaton. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL oh. with all these all these games. I'm going to sit this week nine out and yeah. give myself a break. Yeah. I'm wondering about that. If there is load management. Yeah, McLevin? Yeah, I was going to ask if you were worried about the
7: quality of play by by Week 17 or 18.
4: Well, I was always worried about what that Week 17, that 17th game meant. What are the matchups there? And as long as you're able to keep our interest, because sometimes you have a team that wins its division by you know three games, and then they end their season with a game against the Jets, and then you go, okay, that that doesn't matter. And you might have a couple of those games. Weeks 16 and 17. Plus, the Cowboys can't go 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, It's just, it's not, 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, they could. Yes, Tom.
2: By adding playoff spots, at least that maybe decreases it a little bit. There's still a chance that some games could be totally meaningless, but maybe it's somewhat less by week 17.
4: Yeah, but then we're adding more than the regular season doesn't mean as much. I mean, they, these are all the arguments I hear, like college football. Oh, the regular season doesn't mean anything. You know, if you put in eight teams or 16 teams. Okay, but that's where we're headed. Remember gambling? Gambling the big evil. Oh, we don't even talk about gambling. Don't even talk about the odds. Okay, now that does matter. All out in the open. Is everybody realized, as I said for many years, when they figure out how they all make their money, then we're going to have this. How do we make our? How much we make... Oh, gamble? Yes, okay. Ten years. Like what happened ten years ago? You were philosophically against gambling. Like what happened? Ching ching ching. Yeah, exactly. Ching, 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 ching. Yeah, you know, player safety. What happened? Ching 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 ching. ching, ching. <laughs> like that's what it is. All right. Uh, what else do you have, McLovin? Then we'll take a break here, and we'll talk about the pro days with uh, Mac Jones. And uh, Justin Fields, I said it, I I firmly believe it, because I was told by a source, and I've said it the last couple of weeks, teams are overthinking Justin Fields. This is prior to the Pro Day, because as my source said, he did everything you want him to do. Did he have bad games? Yes. Did he come back and have a great game against Clemson? Did he play hurt? Did he have six touchdown passes? Like, we already know what he can do. But because he ran a four four forty, and he was throwing passes to guys who were you know not covered by anybody, all of a sudden, I saw this in a New York news, uh, New York uh, paper: Should the Jets be reconsidering Zach Wilson at number two? And I went. Did you watch Justin Fields play at all when when guys were actually trying to tackle him, when the guys play defense? I think Justin Fields was around too long. I think it hurts that he went to Ohio State and and there's a track record, a recent track record with their quarterbacks not being as good as advertised. But I didn't see anything yesterday that changed my opinion of Justin Fields. I think he's an incredible has incredible potential here to be a starting quarterback and a good starting quarterback. Do I think he'll be great? I have no idea. But if you look at Trey Lance, and we don't know as much about Trey Lance. And you have teams probably saying they put him up there higher. Like Mac Jones overthrew a couple of guys yesterday. So now he's not what the Niners want? What did he do in games? That's what I want to know.
7: Yes, McLovin. So what does a 4-4-40 mean? And by he's, the way, he's th- fast. Okay. Can we stop with the Pro Day 40s? Everybody said records of these pro days. Come on, we know a tenth of a second. I I translate four four to four five four at the combine. I'm sorry, I just don't believe these. All pro right, days. that's fine. You can do that. These four four makes him like, uh, you know, that's like the fastest receiver in the NFL, and he weighs two hundred twenty pounds.
4: It goes back to what we say every time at the combine or a pro day. Don't read too much into it. That's all. Just, just hopefully you look at the tape. What's on that tape? You talk to people. What kind of uh, student of the game is he uh does he hang out with the wrong people like there's you do your due diligence here it's all you overthink it or you underthink it yeah Paul
5: if you're Mac Jones you refuse to do the 40 just say the only 40 I'm running is when I run down and congratulate my wide receiver on a long (laughs) touchdown pass time that all of a sudden he didn't look good yesterday oh did you see Belichick
4: he was shaking his head oh my god (laughs) what I don't know what that meant like I don't know now all of a sudden, what? The pay- Patriots aren't getting Mac Jones, are they? I thought Mac Jones was going to the Niners. Now he's not? What did Kyle Shanahan think? He overthrew that wide open uh, wide receiver there.
7: Yes, club. I've heard a lot of, why did the Niners trade up to number three for Mac Jones when they could have traded up to some other number? I don't know if you've heard that. A lot of people are like, what, did you really have to go to three to get Mac
4: Jones? That's a big question out there. If it's Mac Jones... I gets weird. It seems so obvious. And maybe they take Mac Jones. No. I, I my intel says that Trey Lance is the, you know, the player that interests them. But I I you know that's one person telling me. So I don't know. It did not feel like Mac you had to go all the way up there to get Mac Jones. I agree. But as I told you, it was my last week and I said, hey, this is what I'm getting told. They People love, capital letters, love Mac Jones moving up. And I went, okay. And then we realized San Francisco needed to move up to get whoever their quarterback is. Maybe that is Mac Jones. Yes, McLean.
7: Yeah, like a few years ago, at the end of March, we never would have thought that you would have to move up to one to get Baker Mayfield. Like, it feels like
4: that. Remember? Like yeah. Guys fly up at the end. Yes. Because nobody is going to tell you the truth. <laughs> they, there's no reason to tell you the truth. There's a lot of reasons to lie to you, and that's what happens here. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. Got a great show in store for you, and uh, stay as long as you'd like. We'll take a break, 21 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. rockauto.com, all the parts your car or truck will ever need, and they're there 24-7. That's right. You wake up in the middle of the night and you go, eh, let me see what's on Rock Auto. Or you could uh, you know wake up in the morning. Paulie was using it yesterday. RockAuto.com. Pauly got a new car.
5: I needed one of those little vent things that tilts. It was cracked. Mm. It was like four bucks. Yeah, I found it.
4: RockAuto.com, a family business founded by automotive engineers in 1999. Two goals in mind. Giving you direct access to all the parts information hidden in the computers, catalogs behind the parts store counter, and... They want to make the parts affordable. RockAuto.com has correct parts for vehicles of all ages, including Paulie's car, which is a... 96 forerunner. Why waste time and money hunting for parts, phoning, driving, waiting in lines? Go to RockAuto.com today. Make sure you tell them we sent you. right? Dan Patrick in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They'll take care of you. All the parts your car or truck will ever need
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, to their five-star sales service and financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Paulie says he might have a fun poll question. Do you want to have that poll question revealed now or wait until after Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft contributor?
5: Post Matt Miller. I need the chop up.
4: All right. Matt joined ESPN in February and contributes across several shows, including Get Up NFL Live. And he joins us on the program. All right, Matt. So we're not supposed to read too much into these pro days, but everybody's reading into these pro days. You want to start with Mac Jones and his disappointing pro day or Justin Fields with his unbelievable pro day?
6: Yeah, Dan, I've been doing this long enough to know that these things really don't matter. They just give us something to talk about in the month of March. You know, it's like, there's a little bit of tournament is starting to die down. Let's talk about pro days. Let's get excited about guys throwing in shorts or running forties when that doesn't really matter. Like you said, so, i don't know that i want to put too much into mac jones overthrowing a couple passes and bill belichick shaking his head or kyle shanahan looking bored as opposed to justin fields and who was there who wasn't there i would hope that in a time where we should be better at evaluating quarterbacks than we've ever been before we would go back to who was actually good from labor day to new year's day and to me that was justin fields and he's done it for two years never losing a game in the big 10. zach wilson is He's impressive. I was at the pro day Friday. He is impressive. Probably the most fun quarterback prospect to watch this year, but he did it in the mountain West in a week schedule. And if you go back to 2019, 11 touchdowns to nine interceptions when he actually had to play someone from the PAC 12, which is like the fifth best football conference. So I'm, I'm not all in on the pro days mattering that much. Hopefully it just reminds people who these players actually are.
4: What are your quarterback rankings right now?
6: Yeah, well, Trevor Lawrence is one. I'm not dumb enough to, to argue against that. I, I have Justin Fields number two, which is funny because these two have been competing for that top spot since they were sophomores in high school. Uh, then I would say that Zach Wilson and Trey Lance are very comparable in terms of there's a lot of wow factor there, but there's a lot of boomer bust potential because we haven't seen them do this against decent competition, even and it's small sample sizes with Trey Lance. Then I have Mac Jones Smith. I know he's the bell of the ball right now, and we got the Tom Brady comparisons out there. That's wild to me that we're going to do that for a guy who's played 17 games at Alabama. He's never not thrown to a first-rounder at wide receiver. He's got an all-world offensive line in front of him, a first-round running back, and an offensive coordinator good enough to get the Texas head coaching job. So it's just hard to look at that and not feel a little Mitch Trubisky-ish. One year, and we're, we're blown away by the the football IQ and the upside, and we, we forget to actually watch what these guys can do at the position.
4: Okay, do you think the Niners – moved up to get Mac Jones.
6: Absolutely. I do, which as a, as a lifelong Niners fan, that's such a punch to the stomach. And I'm trying to trust John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, (laughs) but I remember when they said they didn't need a quarterback and they passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson only to pick up CJ Bethard in the third round. So I'm still, I'm still a little gun shy about trusting this front office. And this just feels like something they would do. They would overthink it again, just like, trading back to get Solomon Thomas or drafting Reuben Foster in the first round. It just, it feels like this front office is a little too cute sometimes. But
4: Matt, did the Niners have to do this to get Mac Jones?
6: They didn't have to go to three, Dan. I don't think they did. Now maybe to seven, maybe to six, which we saw that pick get traded already. But I don't think you needed to go from 12 to three to get Mac Jones. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons with, Arthur Smith is going to look at Mac Jones and be like, coming from Ryan Tannehill, that's the quarterback I want. I feel like the Falcons would be all in on Justin Fields, who's a local kid, Trey Lance, who has great athleticism, throws a beautiful deep ball, if they even go quarterback. The Bengals aren't drafting a quarterback at five. The Eagles weren't going to at six. So the Niners had other options. So my hope and prayer, as someone who's still a little bit of a 49ers fan, is that that is a move for Justin Fields. And I would say that even as an unbiased evaluator. Kyle Shanahan, I understand, loves Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. Look at who's beat you. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. What do they all have in common? And it's mobility. Not that Mac Jones is a statue back there, but you want plus level mobility. Justin Fields ran a 4-4 at 230 pounds and has a great arm. I, I, just, I don't understand why they would ever think this.
4: But sometimes we see too much of, you know, one of these draft yes. prospects, Matt. And, and, you know, Deshaun Watson, the player, we saw too much of him. And it felt like we, we, we love the guy that we don't see, like Daniel Jones, Mitchell Chubisky. We love the mystery here instead of what's right in front of us.
6: Without a doubt, I call it prospect fatigue. I can remember an NFL general manager telling me, "Nick Bosa's not that good." I was like, "You're insane, man! Like it's just you're just looking at the fact that we've seen him play for three years. Nick Bosa is one of the best pass rushing prospects ever." But we get to this point of the cycle where we're all a little bored. We all want that tweet that's going to get a lot of clicks. <laughs> we all want to, you know, hit the scroll on the bottom of the screen with our takes instead of i wish there was this moment where we could just catch our breaths and say okay where were we december 31st on these guys and unless something happened in terms of injury or off field or they show up to their pro day and just they're 20 pounds overweight and can't run let's go back to where we were december 31st who was actually good at playing football but you're right we we want the kyler murray who you know the one-year guy we want mitchell trubisky instead of deshaun watson beat alabama single-handedly patrick mahomes on a very bad texas tech team made them competitive in the big 12. those are the things and why i look at justin fields we have seen you do it for three years and and even this year he threw six picks some of that was you know his offensive line wasn't very good some of it was on him go back last year he didn't throw a pick i don't believe until the the end of the season so it's not that he's this turnover laden quarterback he was a very conservative passer It, it does feel like the the collective draft media this year has decided Justin Fields is the guy they're going to be down on.
4: He's Matt Miller, ESPN, NFL draft contributor. What happens now leading up to the draft that may change what happens with the draft order?
6: You know, I think the the biggest thing would be, like you mentioned, Deshaun Watson is off the table right now. That There's not going to be a trade there. I think the Sam Darnold being moved could affect the draft order, but it, it feels like we're locked in, which I know uh, the bosses don't like, right? Because there's no drama and injury. Trevor Lawrence is going to go first. Zach Wilson is going to go second. It feels like mac jones goes third and then you're on the clock at four so it's you're an hour into the draft before you're even like oh, i wonder what the falcons will do and so unless atlanta trades out of that spot there might be a little intrigue there but you know sam darnold being trade could traded could provide some clarity it feels like the russell wilson stuff unless he comes back on your show and talks again and, and you know gets himself back on the trade market it, it feels like those types of things have died down where we're really starting to settle into to knowing what teams want even You know, the the rumors that Joe Burrow is really advocating for Jamar Chase, his former teammate, their pro day is today at LSU. You know, even that you're starting to say, okay, like picks one through five, you would feel pretty good about your mock draft right now.
4: The best player in this draft or best players, give me three, regardless of position.
6: Yeah, it's Trevor Lawrence. He is the best player in this draft. And I love that we've just stopped talking about him because it's accepted. He's going to go first. He's great. Let's move on. I think Jamar Chase is second, again, the LSU Fridays today. We haven't seen him play football in a year, which I think some people looked at the 170-pound Devontae Smith and started saying that he was somehow better than Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is 40 pounds heavier. He's going to run faster in the 40, and he had 20 touchdowns as a sophomore with Joe Burrow. Third, I would go Kyle Pitts, and I don't even want to put a position on Kyle Pitts. He's an offensive weapon just a pass catcher at Florida. Their pro day is today as well. I think he's going to run in the four mid-4-4 four, four range at six foot five, two 245 pounds. He was unstoppable last year at Florida. He and Kyle Trask had a beautiful connection, and the ability to high point in the red zone to win over the top reminds me of Mike Evans. So again, I'm not even comparing this guy to a tight end. He's just someone who, in the red zone, could be a huge difference maker.
4: If I had last year's quarterbacks in with this year's quarterbacks, who would be the number one overall pick?
6: It, it would be closer than I think a lot of people realize, but I do think it would be Trevor Lawrence just because the three years that we've seen, you know, taking over the job from Kelly Bryant as a freshman, we've seen it sustained for a while with Joe Burrow. There was even people last year, were like maybe Tua is the best quarterback. Maybe Justin Herbert is because with Joe, it was the one year wonder, you know, that Joe Brady gets there, everything becomes perfect. And he has the best quarterback season I've ever seen in college football. But I do think Lawrence would be one. Burrow would be two. I think they're the conversation that's interesting. The injury to Tua would probably put Zach Wilson ahead of him, might even put Justin Fields ahead of him, and then we would probably see Tua and Justin Herbert, who was overthought a lot like I think Justin Fields is being overthought. But it's crazy. The league feels like it's changed in the last just year where mobility is so much more valued now than it was even in in March of 2020.
4: Yeah, but drop-back quarterbacks have been winning Super Bowls.
6: Well, that's just Tom Brady. Right. <laughs> you, right. I mean, so like Tom Brady's been winning Super Bowls. You know, otherwise, it's it's Mahomes, it's Rogers, it's Wilson. So, I, you know, we have to you almost have to take but Brady but mobility out of the,
4: is, the equation. Mo- mobility is is, you know, it's kind of in the eye of the beholder because I like mobility. You know, I don't I don't need to have somebody who is I need you sliding in the pocket. I need you getting outside the pocket. Uh, you know, Mahomes wasn't isn't a fast guy. I mean right. his forty yeah, like mobility,
6: not yeah. a runner. Yeah, like being able to move to throw, not move to run. I, I'm with you on that, and I I do think that to some degree that might hurt Justin Fields and Trey Lance is that they were asked to run a decent amount, especially Justin Fields was at Georgia as a true freshman. Jake Fromm was the quarterback, and he would come in and and run QB power, and so I, I think that that is affecting their stock a little bit. Where Zach Wilson moves to throw, Mac Jones moves to throw, even though. I think a hundred dropbacks was all he was pressured in his 17 starts. So there's not a big sample size of that, but it's not his fault that Alabama has first rounders at every position on the offensive line.
4: Have you ever loved a quarterback and he didn't pan out? When's the last time that happened?
6: <laughs> uh yeah, that happens all the time in this job. I loved Teddy Bridgewater. I watched Teddy at Louisville was like, this is this is it. This, he's accurate. He's smart. Tough. And just let him, you know, let him work off reads on guys. That's not Love
4: a bad Teddy one, though, Matt, because I, I loved him, too. But, you know, without that injury, you know, I, I, I really, and I liked the character of Teddy Bridgewater, too. Same. And he didn't have a good pro day, but I just said, you know, put on the tape when he played Miami. He gets hit right in the mouth, you know? Exactly. Like, that's, that's what I want to know with these quarterbacks. What do you do when there's adversity?
6: No, that's a huge part. That's huge. That's one of my big keys into my scouting reports is adversity. And it's like Justin Fields gets rocked by Clemson. Yeah. I would still be laying on the field crying at that <laughs> Uh Zach Wilson, even there's some adversity there. He had two injuries in college. They told him before the year, this is an open job. This job might not be yours next year. Yeah. So I, I think you can look at those things and you want some adversity. But then again, like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, two of the greatest quarterback prospects ever, arguably no adversity. So you have to like, you have to almost look for it. Sometimes Trevor Lawrence has been the number one pick probably since he picked up a football as a sophomore in high school. And you know, there's some credit to that too, that you've been in that spotlight since you were 16 years old and you've been a great leader. You've been a great captain on your team. He's already engaged. He's super mature. So there's, there's something to be said for that too.
4: Hypothetical. If Peyton Manning coming out of college, Andrew Luck coming out of college and Trevor Lawrence coming out of college and you got the first pick. Uh, I'm going that's to give tough. you what you already know about Luck and Peyton yeah. and the unknown with Trevor Lawrence. Who would Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft contributor, take
6: number one overall? Oh, I'm taking Peyton Manning. You you can't go against Peyton, okay. even even in today's game. He's just too smart, carves up the field, and the accuracy at all levels. And I think Peyton was sneaky athletic early in his career. Deceptively fast, I think that's <laughs> that's what we have to call it. But he could move around a little bit. It wasn't It wasn't quite as bad as it was in the Denver days.
4: Okay, so you, I thought you might go Trevor Lawrence, you know, recency bias. I'm not though. trying
6: to get this clipped out in five years and people be like, this idiot actually <laughs> thought Trevor Lawrence was better than Peyton Manning.
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that. Well done, Matt. Well done. Hey, uh, congrats on the job, and uh, we'll be watching, and thanks for joining us.
6: Yeah, I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you.
4: That's Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft contributor. Good appearance. I thought I could lead him to slaughter there. <laughs> you know we we record everything on this show. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> Take a break. Your phone calls coming up and our play of the day right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock
1: app.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God. The play. The play is play of the day. Runner left side, got it!
4: Check this out. Dickinson is going to inbound. Takes the basketball. Dickinson looking. Fires it in. Wagner turns. Fires a three for the win. No good. Off the back of the rim. And UCLA has won it from the first four to the final four. UCLA 51, Michigan 49 for the 19th time in school history. The first since 2008. The Bruins are going to the final four. That's courtesy of Westwood One Radio. UCLA, the fifth number 11 seed to reach the final four. Joining LSU in 1986, George Mason 2006, VCU 2011, Loyola Chicago 2018. None of the previous four reached the title game. We'll talk to UCLA head coach Mick Cronin coming up final hour of the show. Play of the day brought to you by Built Bars. They taste great. Protein bar. Go to builtbar.com, promo code DP10, 10% off your order. builtbar.com and your promo code DP10 at checkout. We were waiting for the poll question, the possible poll question, Paulie. So we waited till after Matt Miller's appearance. Now the stage is yours.
5: College basketball history, Dan. If you could be a bench player like the 10th man for a a college basketball program. Georgetown in the 80s, the Patrick Ewing teams. Patrick Ewing. The UNLV teams of the early 90s, the Larry Johnson Tarkanian teams. Mm -hmm. Duke in the early 90s, the Leitner teams. Or Michigan in the 90s, the Fab Five teams. You could be a a bench player, role player for one of those teams. Oh, boy, is there... You want to go last? Yeah. I don't know if there's a wrong answer here. No, there's no wrong answer. From a f- entertainment standpoint and lifestyle standpoint, UNLV in the nineties, getting like six or seven minutes a game in a mop up against uh, like Santa Barbara. Yeah, and then having the uh, UNLV lifestyle okay. of the early nineties before social media. All right, sign me up. All
4: right, uh, Seaton. about I-
8: Jeepers! The first one that came immediately popped in my mind was that UNLV team. But something about the Fab Five, even though it didn't really work out the way you wanted it to, that was that felt pretty awesome. That seems like a pretty special thing to be a part of i might go fab five it just felt like a moment in history yeah even
4: though leitner and what you and lv did and what ewing did that was part of history as well there's there just something different about the fab five that you know five freshmen doing what they were doing and you know they were kind of you know, tugging on you know the blue bloods here with duke Unless yeah. there'd
8: be something funny about being the random guy at the end of the bench. Like, well, you were part of the Fab Five. Well, no, I was on a team. Yeah. I wasn't part of the Fab Five. And, like, look, no, look at it. That's me. I'm sitting right at the end of the bench. That's me. I swear. Yeah. The Fab 15. I'm one of the
4: Fab <laughs> yeah, 15. That was me.
8: I swear. Yeah. I. I Yes, Todd.
2: I initially thought Vegas, but I'm going to go Duke. But, you know, even if you're not playing much, Coach K, and and you're either really loved or really hated, and being part of the whole quality
4: cat, education, cat cat and course, crazy, very important to you, you co- know, and your mom, of
2: course, yeah. Hill,
5: Hurley, Lena. That's yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Yes, Paul. Seton's going with history. Fritzy's going with a quality education. I want a, I want showgirls <laughs> and hot tubs and crap tables and parlay cards. Yes, we love. By the way, this
7: is such a poll poll. It's like 80s Georgetown, 90s Michigan. Like there's got to be there's 23 30 years of college basketball history there's got to be some teams in between that since we all started,
5: stop following college well, basketball. Actually, like, no, once Michigan, after the fab five, that's when college basketball went downhill. Is that that's, why there are no teams that jump out? I can't think of another one. Yeah. But. College basketball basically went to a, not, not a niche sport, but not a focal point sport. Once the one and done started.
4: Uh, some phone calls here. Let's see. Uh, Tony in Ohio. Hi, Tony. What do you have for us today?
3: Dan, how you doing? Good, sir. Hey, uh, I don't know whether you remember, you once called me the most passionate UCLA fan out there, and i got to tell you, I'm I'm basking in it right now. I need two more rabbits pulled out of the hat.
4: Yeah? yeah you know what? Celebrate what you have, you know? Celebrate uh, what you yeah, have.
3: I know what's coming. Hey, real quick, Dan, yesterday you guys were talking about give and take between the media and, and some of your stories, but one of the best you had was Craig Seger there on the, the last dance when... He asked the question, I think it was Reinsdorf, and uh, somebody walked away, and and the rest of them were standing there saying, way to go, Craig.
4: I know. But Sager Sager wasn't afraid to ever ask a question. Uh, And thanks for the phone call, Tony. Good luck with your Bruins. Sager and Jim Gray, not afraid to ask a question. And there is something to be said when you walk into the fire and you ask the question – Everybody wants to ask the question, but you ask the question. And Jim and Craig never shied away from that. Uh, Phil in Indiana. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind today?
2: Hey, Dan. Always a pleasure. I tell you what, buddy. McLovin's got me fired up. How he can say that this is not a good Final Four. You've got the best offensive team in Gonzaga, the best defensive team in Houston, the UCLA reincarnation, and then you've got Baylor as probably the most athletic. I want to apologize to McLovin that it's not Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, and Kansas. I mean, this is a great Final Four. And while he's watching the Flyers-Capitals, Dan, I'll be watching the Final Four. Have a good week, buddy.
4: Whoa, and Phil doesn't get upset, McLovin. Look what you did to Phil. This is a great Final
7: Four if it's the NIT, but this is the NCAA tournament.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jeff in Detroit. Hey, Jeff, what do you have for me today? What up, though? One time for chat, row, seating. great job on that player today,
3: brother. Mumble, mumble,
4: mumble. Not really.
3: But uh, anyway, guys, listen. My
2: Michigan Wolverines going down. The one guy could not be stopped. It's, it's, it feels like you were supposed to be doing a waltz, and one of my guys just started breaking out in a cabbage patch and lost the dance. And all we needed was two. All we needed was two, man. And as far as your poll question, one of the greatest experiences that I've ever experienced as a youngster was being around that Fab Five team. They were rock stars. If you didn't have a pair of black Karachis or some long shorts, I'm telling you, they changed the game for real. Back yeah. then, it was true. It really was. Thanks, yeah. guys.
4: All right. Thank you, Jeff. Sorry about your Wolverines. I, you know, the Georgetown era, too, back, that's when you were either with them or against them. UNLV, you were fascinated by, I think people felt threatened a little bit by Georgetown with John Thompson, with Patrick Ewing. It felt like uh, Hoya, paranoia. I remember being able to cover those teams at the Garden when the Big East would play at the Garden. And that's as good a basketball as I've ever been around. When you had St. John's, you had Syracuse, you had Villanova, you had Georgetown, it was just wonderful basketball. And it felt like every game meant something. And then I'd go to the Big East tournament, and you'd go there in the afternoon and stay all day and all night. And you got to see Hall of Fame coaches, Hall of Fame players. It's as good a time you know, as Good of an event that I've ever covered in my life. Yes, McLevin.
7: Yeah, me and my friends had to watch Big Monday on ESPN, and was it Wednesday too? Or the Big East night was everything for us. We loved it.
4: Well, we had it was Big Monday where we had the Big East, and then I think we had the Big Twelve, and then it led into SportsCenter. That led into you, right? Yeah, Yeah. and and really that changed, I think, a lot. Uh, You know, having when you have a show, it's always great to have something that leads into you. A lot of great shows. You know, capitalize on what's in front of them. And we had a game that would lead into us, and then we would come on the air as soon as that game was over. And having that was really a big advantage over when Fox tried to come after us on SportsCenter. They just didn't have the inventory that we had with college basketball. And college basketball was really, you know, a difference maker for, you know, the popularity of SportsCenter. Coming up next hour, Mike Florio will join us, try to make sense of what's going on with Deshaun Watson. And it sounds like the Texans are now. Open to trading him, and UCLA head coach Mick Cronin, fresh off last night's win, will join us in the final hour. One of the books, two more to go. Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out the first hour. Simply Safe Home Security. This is how it works. Go to simplysafeDan.com and you find out what you need for your home to make sure it's safe. Look at everything they have. The full arsenal customize your home. You place the order, comes to your home in less than a week, you open the box, you install it. No electrician, no technician, nobody's coming into the house. You're going to do it, 30 minutes or so. You choose the exact sensors you need, you can get help from their experts. Once you set it up, that's when the professionals come in. The professional monitoring, they're there for you 24-7. No contracts to sign, no hidden fees, no pushy salespeople. You just get the best home security. Incredibly, uh, they haven't changed their Prices, their monthly fee, when we first started with them over a decade ago, they're people you can count on every single day. That's why they don't have a contract. They're there with you every day. Simplysafedan.com. Customize your system. Get a free security camera. Also, 60-day risk-free trial. Nothing to lose. Simplysafedan.com.
2: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a
8: base hit to center field. Whatever the
6: sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon,
5: then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon?
8: You must be talking about Wright brand bacon Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's
5: thick cut, hand trimmed and real would smoke real. And you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright Brand Bacon. That's called Wright Brand Bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...